hey everyone, right at the top of the show, I just kind of want to let you folks in the Charlotte, North Carolina area know that this Saturday, that would be the 28th of May, uh, from uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., our boy Don Merkel will be at Lindy Boy Brewing Company. It's uh, it's it's 3000 South Tryon Street in Charlotte. If if you're from the area, take Remont Road off 77. Turn, you know, go east on it. You'll find it's not far from there. I don't know what restaurants have made it, but if you go a little early, Roussan's is my absolute favorite sushi restaurant in the entire world. I, I don't know who made it through COVID and who didn't. I hope they're still there. But anyway, uh, the guy that does the music for our show, uh, Don Merkel, will be performing their solo show. It is worth your time if you're anywhere in the area to go hang out there. I've heard that Lenny Boy Brewing is a really cool place as well. Uh, so take a little bit of time, get away with uh, a couple of friends, sit down and listen to some of the, the new music. I, I think Don's got some other new stuff coming out. Don't know if he's going to be playing it or not, but you got to go hear some of the stuff off his Rumor of a Ghost album if you got to ask him to play Just Passing Through. It's an amazing song. Um, but anyway, again, Saturday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Don Merkel at Lenny Boy Brewing Company in Charlotte, North Carolina, 3000 South Tryon Street. Go check them out. You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. We greatly appreciate that. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart. I've heard we're big on good pods. It's something new out there. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can usually find us. You can follow us, Twitter, Facebook is really the place to go. Local Bar Media is how you do that. Uh, if you want to contact the show, check out localbarmedia.com. I do post stuff on Instagram that is more welding a family related. That podcast that I keep saying is going to come back. It's all the, the highly acclaimed podcast that should come back. But you can follow the family over on uh, Instagram at uh, Chad Alexander Online. If you want to reach out to us, our DMs are open there, too, if you have a comment or question for the show. It was, um, it, was in the, it was in the 1990s. There was a Boy Scout troop, and they were, um, they were at one of their normal places they go to, uh, to do camping. It was just kind of like the, the local place. You know, you have those joints that, eh, it's time for a camping trip. We got to get one in. Where do we go? Oh, let's go here. Good old faithful, right? So they went to the Boy Scout camping, uh, area. They, they set up like they always do. The patrols set up in their regular places. They, they knew the lay of the land well. The second night they were there, they decided to play a game. Is a, the game is it's called Manhunt. It's like an older version of hide-and-seek. It's really hide-and-seek. That's really what it is, <laughs> where everybody's out hiding in certain spots, and uh, and uh, everybody, like a group of people, try to go and find them. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're doing it in the area you've always camped in, you got to try to find new places. If you don't, 
because it's the old stomping ground. Everybody knows exactly where to look, so they go and look in those places. The way the story goes is um, somewhere in the middle of it, a couple of guys were hanging out together, hiding in a new spot uh, over near the river. And they heard a noise, and they weren't quite sure exactly what it was, but they didn't think anything of it. Again, very comfortable area. Area they've been camping at a million times. They um, they knew exactly what the lay of the land was. Later on that night, uh, they couldn't find one of the one of the campers. He had um, he had messed around on this dock that's right there by the river, fallen into the river, got caught underneath the dock, and drowned. The way this story was told to me is the boys sat at the funeral and they said listening to the mom was unbearable. But even worse, they both lived with the fact that they had heard something and they didn't check it out. I think it's hard for them and I feel bad for them. I know they're going to blame themselves. I mean, an accident's an accident. Accidents happen. It's just it's just what 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 goes on, but they they knew they failed to act. And as boy scouts, as boy scouts, as people that you be prepared. They live with that for the rest of their lives. Or they're going to live with that for the rest of their lives. And I hate that for them. I do. I really do hate that for them. I've um I, I've got a, another story that's not that's not as hard hitting as that. When I before um when I moved to Charlotte back in uh two thousand and um, 2000, 2001, sometime, whenever I first moved to Charlotte, I lived with a couple of buddies of mine, Rusty and uh, my good boy, Rusty, that one of these days I need to have on the show and his friend, Keith, they were like the odd couple, man. They're, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny living with those cats. And um, Keith had this dog, is this great dog, his chocolate lab. And then his sister had a dog, his sister was uh, a police officer and had a, a, a trained chocolate lab for police work. And Rusty uh, decided to keep both dogs in our apartment one time. And we were next door at our neighbor's, and we were just kind of hanging out. And we heard this noise, and he and I looked at each other, and I'm like, oh, my God, those dogs, they probably turned over the trash can again because his, his dog was kind of known for doing that every now and then if we left her alone by you know for too long. And we both sat there just kind of hanging out with our friends uh, on their porch, on their porch, so we could, we could hear everything in our apartment. Heard another noise again. We just kind of both looked, and I was like, ugh. Oh, whatever. Oh, Kept having a couple of drinks, just having a good time with our friends, knowing that we'd need to go over there and probably clean up the mess here in a little bit. Um, When we finally decided that we had had enough to drink and had to do some, uh, had to do, uh, had to do uh, some work the next day, we, <laughs> We walk into our apartment, and it is, when I say it's trash, people, you have no idea. They had moved the refrigerator. I still don't know how those dogs had done that. Pots and pans were out of the cabinets. Needless to say, the beds were a wreck. The couch cushions were torn. The TV was knocked over, which was okay because we never watched it anyway. They had made it upstairs, even into a room that we didn't use, and tore the door down. The door. I thought someone had broken into the house, but 
as I said before, police dog was going to make sure something else happened if that was. They all they had crap all over them. I don't know what got into those dogs. They may have found something in Keith's room. I'd, he has never admitted to that, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. Needless to say, we sat there. We heard something going on and didn't do anything about it. Then we had one hell of a mess to clean up. And I'm telling you, I think about that. My dog, Sandy, is a great dog. He's a great dog. But I think about that every time I close that door. Ever since we, we you know, you crate train him for a while. Ever since we let him out, I'm like, you know, I still don't, I still don't know, man. I still, I still to this day. I have, I have PTSD, as the kids like to say about everything that gives them anxiety. Um, about letting that dog, letting that dog run free. There's, there's hundreds of stories like this, right? The ones that are funny and the ones that are sad and they're tragic. We have, we have hundreds of stories like this. Everybody listening to this show has got some story, be it tragic or funny that you can tell that has the common theme that nobody reacted when they needed to. I am not preaching to you today. I'm not. I promise you that I'm not coming from a pulpit looking down on you, trying to tell you that you've been living your life wrong. There are people that are are going to do that. There are people that are right now doing that to you. I am not doing that today. I am pleading with you. I am asking you in a more direct way than I ever have on this show to do something. And it is just that. It is to do something. The events that have happened in Texas and in Buffalo over the past couple of weeks uh, sadly mirror cases that have happened um, for for a, about 30 years. I mean, for me, I, rem- I remember Columbine being the, the first one, but but these these events happen. And they happen, they're happening more frequently now. And we notice the ones in schools, um, but, you know, the ones like in Buffalo, what was it in a school? We're seeing, um, we're seeing violence and we're seeing uh, awful things happen uh, in areas where people go to worship, to play, to learn. Uh, we're seeing these things happen. We we had an event, you know, when we had things here in South Carolina, you guys really don't pay attention to it. I've, I've made this argument ever since Hurricane Hugo came through that many people have no idea what goes on in South Carolina sometimes. You just kind of ignore us. But um, we had it in, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, a couple of years ago when I was working in the hospital. We had an, we had an open shooter uh, go into the ER there. Um, these things are happening constantly. Now, one of the things that I'm not going to do is sit here and get into a debate about uh, the gun lobby or anything like that. Um, that's that's that is something that that is a part of this. Don't get me wrong, and I understand that. It's something that 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 needs to be addressed, and it's something that we need to sit and talk about. And that is just, that's something that I don't mind having a couple of shows about. And I, and I think that I think that I'm going to. I, I think that it's time to bring on a guest or two guests and talk about that uh from from a couple different levels i got a couple ideas and and, but and that's for another day so please understand that's not about to come up on this show because i'm not talking to those people today i'm talking to you 
I have watched over the past few days, you know, Chad's 48-hour rule, so I've waited. (laughs) I've digested the information. I've thought about it for a little bit. I let it sink and, 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 and just kind of sink in, and then I decided I'm going to speak from my heart through my head. And so that, that's, that's where I am. I'm talking to you today because I did a show four years ago. I did a show four years ago. I believe it's number 73. I just looked it up yesterday and put it, put it on Facebook. It's, um, I, I may have copied it. I'll copy the link back to the Facebook page so it's easy for you to find. And it's, it's simply titled, Fixing the School Shooting Problem. I made that I made that show four years ago, and I mean every word of it still today. There, there's nothing there's nothing that has changed, sadly, in our situation, and there's nothing that's changed from my views on that show. But I don't want to just play the same show again, and I think there's something that I need to dive into more that's talked about for a brief moment on that on that show. And what I want to take some some time today. To, to talk about is you. And I want you to hear me when I say this. I am talking about you. Again, I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. But I need to point a couple of things out. I'm asking you to please not only listen to this episode, but to share it with other people. It is at least something you can do. I'm... I want to start off by telling you that that I, I don't mean to offend anybody by doing this show. And I'm not trying to sound pious that I'm that I'm doing something and you're not. But I am going to give examples and I want you to understand that these examples come because I want to help you see that there's ways to do this. And I'm gonna start I'm gonna start by saying something that's probably going to upset some of you. And that's kind of why I'm dancing around this. And I, I need, and I need to just go ahead and say it. Um, I, I need to, I need to talk to some of you and, and tell you that, um, what you're doing is not it going on your Facebook page and just putting on there, do something or it's time to do something. Isn't really doing anything. Y'all, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and and I'm I'm gonna give you a couple of examples because I I I think if you if you'll at least walk with me here on this and and just just see things from my just see things from my point of view on this, and then send me emails and messages, kind of let me know what your point of view is. But I I want to tell you that nothing that I'm about to say to you is going to keep you from doing anything else that you want to do. This this is all. You may see it as an addendum to what you're doing. I see it as the foundation of what you should do. So please understand that I'm not I'm not here to tell you to do something to to stop doing what you're doing. I'm just asking you to do this. If you are sitting around waiting for the government to fix this problem, you're going to be sitting around waiting for the government to fix this problem. Y'all, I said that same sentence 4 years ago. 4 4 years ago. And I could have said it in 1999. 
If you're waiting for the government to fix this problem, they're not going to do it. And before you get riled up and think that I'm blaming Republicans or cheering me on because you think I'm blaming Republicans, I'm talking about all of them. Roe versus Wade is not a law. If it's so damn important to the Democrats, why haven't they made a law about it? You see where I'm going with this? How's that How's that whole uh, paying your student loans thing going on? How's that going? Man, they like to dangle a lot of stuff in front of us for a while, don't they? I'll get to why I think they do that here in a minute. But my point in telling you this is if you think writing to a senator or yelling towards your congressperson is going to change this law, I'm going to tell you that I've got about 200 years worth of evidence that they're not going to change this stuff. Think they can't change this stuff? Really? These are the same people that made you wear a mask, sit at home, get two shots to have a job over the past two years. You're telling me they can't make changes if they don't want to? They can. They're not going to. But what's more important about that is it's really not up to them to do it. Because if we're going to change the things that we need to change, it's not them that's going to do it. And really, by us thinking that it is, that creates more of a problem than it does a solution. We have got, we have got to stop with this fighting. We have got to stop with violence. A couple years ago when I had to deal with a little bit of cancel culture stuff, it wasn't as bad as what other people deal with, but it, it, when I, I did a show where I thought I, where I thought I was done with the show, I thought the show was done, and I, I talked a, 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 about how I've grown up reading a lot of, not a lot of, reading all of Dr. King's stuff, things about him. Every one of his speeches. And everybody, everybody likes to use that, that quote, uh, violence is the voice of the unheard. But they, they stop there. They don't say the rest of it. You know, you know, the rest of it where he goes to talk about how it doesn't justify it, though, or where he goes and says, I'm going to keep preaching nonviolence. And if everybody in America decides to turn towards violence, I'm still going to preach nonviolence as we continue on. Like we, we have stopped listening to him, but I'm going to tell you this. There's another thing that I think that if he were alive today, I'd love to have him on the show. And uh, <laughs> that sounded dumb, didn't it? Of course I'd love to have him on the show. But one of the things I'd like to ask him is, do you believe that the threat of violence needs to be added to that? Man, we talk big games. Man, we talk big game. We talk, we talk violence, we get on the tweets, and we get on the Facebooks, and we talk all about how we're going to do this to that person or that to this person. If I had to, I'd punch this Nazi, and I'd do all this. And we talk about it like it's okay. And then we wonder why our kids have issues with violent tendencies. We talk about it like it's okay, and then we wonder why people are charging comedians on stage. We talk, we talk, do you see the common denominator here? We talk about it and then we turn around and wonder why our government hasn't done something to stop it. We talk about hate speech and then we, then we turn around and wonder why our government's not, we, who's the problem? You may feel justified 
in feeling like that aggression is supposed to be there. And I'm going to tell you, that's not what Dr. King said. Go read a few more things that he wrote. You know, it's you don't believe in Jesus? How about Gandhi and Dr. King? They, they all they, they had great ideas, man. You talk about you love them so much, but you, you're not listening to what they're saying. In the moment when you're heated, it's easy to want to throw all that away. It's easy to try to find that justification. My point is we don't realize what we've been teaching everyone. Talk that big game. Man, we talk it. God, we talk it. You know, it is It is funny, by the way, the whole thing, and I, I don't think it's going to be a trend. I, I know it's happened in some smaller stages, but because it hasn't been um, big-time folks, uh, you hang on for a second. Sorry about that. I'm We're having some, some audio difficulties here in the studio today. Um, is that clear? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me clearer now. Okay, thank you. Gotcha. Um, the... Uh, there's some smaller stages. Some comedians have had to deal with the whole people charging the stage. Uh, but really what people have noticed is obviously the Chris Rock thing because that was out of the blue. And then the guy charging Dave Chappelle on the stage whose arm is now on backwards. I don't know what they did to that guy or how they did that. Um, but we, it's, like, it's like all of a sudden we want to make that a trend. Like it's funny that everybody goes after two of the tiniest, scrawniest comedians out there. Like I don't see anybody going after Tony Baker. Like, I don't see anybody charging Tony Baker's. None of y'all charging Joe Rogan's stage. You may absolutely can't. You maybe can't stand him, but y'all have seen his workout regimen. Yeah, charging his stage. Even Ron White, I, although I'm pretty sure Ron White would gut a guy on stage. So you probably want to stay away from that crazy guy. My point is that we're, we're starting to make this stuff. We, we, think we, we're, think we're, we think we've got some causation to what we do. And what we're doing is we're teaching something different. I, th- I think the problem that we have um, is we've kind of gotten away from from some things. And I'm not, y'all, I'm not saying that this is going to, everybody goes out and does this. It completely gets rid of the situation. You're always going to find anecdotal evidence for whatever proof you want to, to have, whatever point you want to make. You can find that. But I'm telling you that, that what I'm going to say today is something that we can do, something that we should do. And really something that we better do or no no legislation is going to fix it. We have got to start coming together as communities and as families. We have got to start doing that as friends, as neighbors. We have to start doing it. We have got to quit being so divisive on everything. We've got to stop. If we don't stop, this gets worse. If you think it can't be worse, I promise you it can. One of the, the things, you know, the common themes for, for all of this is that we have um, people that feel like they've been outcast. Sure, that's part of it. But then they turn and they look towards the Internet. They look towards television. They look for things that have guided them or helped them justify their their evil feelings and their wrongdoing. Now, let me let me let me speak on that real quick. I, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a theologian. I can't really speak on mental illness, nor can I speak on good versus evil in the world with a with a backing that comes from some type of schooling. Okay. However, 
I do read and I do live. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you this. I do think that we it is obvious. Uh, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. We do have a, a men, mental illness problem in America. Um, I, I think we have it probably throughout the world. I think it is getting better. I don't think it's as good as it should be. I think one of the worst things that Ronald Reagan ever did was shut down our our hospitals that dealt with that. I do think we need to look back into that. We don't need to look just at medication. There's other things that we can do. But the way we approach mental illness is awful. I live in an area uh, where those of us that work in skilled facilities and assisted living and with the homeless, we see that there is an abundance, an overabundance of mental illness issues with that. And if you didn't know that Columbia, South Carolina is actually a horrible it's a horrible situation as far as that's concerned. We've been dealing with it and even been the the pinpoint of national studies now for 10 years. That's obviously something we need to look into. Uh, as far as the evil in the world, I do understand that there are people that, whether it's mental illness or just their own thinking, are going to do evil things. There are going to be evil acts. You're not always going to stop everybody. I, I, I understand that. I, those of you that always tell me that, I, I completely get what you're saying, but we can help. And so how do we do that? Well, you're you're lucky you came to this place today because your boy Chad has got your answers. Are you ready? Take a big sip of coffee here before I dive into this. Yeah, sitting on Facebook saying just do something, trying to expect or sitting around expecting somebody else to do it is not going to do it. So Chad, what is it that we can do? I understand because of the emails and the messages that I get uh, from folks that I have a very diverse audience when it comes to uh, socioeconomic issues, religious issues, um, certainly certainly uh, politics, um, and, and a couple of other little segments here or there. So I'm going to speak to the main ones that I get emails from directly on this show. I invite you to send me messages if you would like to. But please understand that what I'm about to say is what I mean. It's what I feel. I'm not trying to say that you can't do the things you want to do. I'm not trying to say you can't call your senator and all that stuff. You absolutely should. Absolutely. Go right ahead. But what I'm going to tell you here is this is the stuff you need to do while you do that. Because what you're doing is not making a difference right now. I know. I know. I'm the guy that sits here and tells you that I think protests don't do anything. And I stand by that. I really do. I really do. I think protests don't really do anything. They bring awareness, Chad. We're all aware of what's going on. We all know it. There, so I'm going to tell you this. It's We had this ridiculous thing in South Carolina where the, the Confederate flag flew above the state house for, I don't know, I think up until like 10 years ago, right? And people would sit and protest it. Like, I don't see this thing above the state house. I, I, I get it. Now, I, I know part of it was like they wanted the legislature to know that they were mad and upset about it. And they wanted to bring awareness to the community that it was up there. And I was like, I, I know it was up there. It took some actions by some other folks in some other ways to actually make that happen, okay? It, it's not, it's, it's just, it, you go and protest if you want to. That's fine. If it makes you feel good. But really, that's all I think protests really are. It makes you feel like you're doing something. It doesn't. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, everybody wants to hold protests and do stuff and make make grand gestures to where you get attention, do stuff on social media, I don't know, change to some flag. I don't, it's not going to do what you think it's going to do. Action does more. And protest isn't really action. It's just, it's just you talking and holding a sign. 
My wife disagrees with me on this. It's okay. Either way, we both agree with this. You have to do more than just that. So here we go. The first people I'm going to talk to are my church-going people. Yes, I'm going to speak to you first. And I don't want you to think that I'm coming down on you too hard here. But it's, t- it's, it's gotten out of hand. We need to talk about a couple of things. First, a lot of you aren't going anymore. You're not. You're not attending church. You say you do, but you're not. And you know what? This online thing, it's just not working. Y'all, get over it. Get in your church. Get active. Don't just go on Sundays. Do stuff with your church. Get involved with it. Learn your church's mission. Get out there and find a way to connect with people in the community, to connect with people in the pew by you. Check on them. Make sure they're doing okay. Listen to the stuff you go around talking about and don't just talk about it. Just go do it. You're worried about somebody. You're praying for somebody. Great. I'm glad you do that. And turn around and go check on them as well. Make sure they're doing okay. Get involved in the youth program. Your church doesn't have a strong youth program and that bothers you. If it bothers you, then do something about it. Get involved with the, and do not, do not do this. Do not go to your preacher and start complaining. If you've got some complaint with, with your church and you want to tell your preacher or, or somebody on the staff about it, you go to them with your concern, but go to them with a way to solve it as well. Bring them ideas. Don't look at it like it's just something for them to go figure out. The church is a community. Go get involved with it. A lot of you talk about how your mama's brought you up in church and, oh, mama always had me there. Let me ask you a question. Why are you not listening to your mama anymore? Get back into the church. Quit thinking that online church is online church. Quit thinking thinking that online church is church is not. Get back into the church. And here's another thing I want to tell you. My friend Marlena put something up on her Facebook page the other day. I loved it. It said, quit looking for a perfect church. Just go out there and realize that you're praying with unperfect people. Something to that effect. She's absolutely right. Get into your church. But if you feel like your church isn't the right one for you, then find one that is. Churches. I got something for you, too. Quit worrying so much about your sound system and find a way to have a sound, fundamental teaching of what you're supposed to be. Man, I'm tired. I am tired. I am tired of y'all trying to commercialize. I was part of a church that had a debate whether they should put a cross up in the church because they didn't, they didn't want to offend anybody. Get Shut up. My God, you, y'all, get back to being what you're supposed to be. Go to church. Don't try to looking for what you want the Bible to say. Go back and listen to what it says, and then go out there and quit judging people and start loving people and figure out how to bring your communities together. And if they don't want to come in the same way that you want them to, that's okay. Let your Jewish friends be your Jewish friends. Let your Muslim friends be your Muslim friends. Those of you that are in the Jewish community, be cool with the Christians. Those of you in the Muslim community, be cool with the Jews. Y'all understand that you're being together to teach each other how to care for each other. And sometimes that means just letting some crap go. 
you know, I, I, four years ago, I did, I did something about the Methodist church too. All of a sudden having a problem, wanting to have a big split because they didn't like the way that some people in their church lived. So okay, that's great. That's the, that's the way you want to go. You want to hold steadfast to what you got. All right, that's fine. You go ahead and do that. But it's really funny that you're having a problem because part of your congregation doesn't sin the same way you do. Y'all get over yourselves. Quit, quit trying to do that. Learn what the big guy is teaching you and what he's teaching you more than anything else. And this, this is true in any religion as you are supposed to love each other, bring each other together, be inclusive, not exclusive, but more than anything, the people of the community that say they're of the church, get your butts back in church. And when I say that, I don't mean Sunday mornings. I mean, involved y'all. I've had to have the same conversation with myself. I went and had lunch with uh, one of my preachers the other day. Wanted to sit and talk with him just to get to know him better. Why? Because I like him. I think he's a hell of a preacher. He seems like a really good guy. And you know what? I knew he was, I know what preachers do. My dad's one. I knew he was going to ask for a commitment to me to be on some group, some board, take part of something. And he did about five times over during lunch. But but that's that's great because I need to be held accountable for that. I need to be involved. I need to be pushing myself to be a better person. And I need to find a way more important than anything else these days to connect with other people in my community. Whether it's through church or anything else. Get back to church. Don't sweat the small stuff with church. Get back in there. My friends that are agnostic, don't go, don't go to church if you don't want to. I'm not trying to tell you to do that. But it doesn't mean you can't do the same thing in another way. And by the way, for my Christian friends, you can follow along here too. How many of you know your neighbors? Well, I don't live in a neighborhood that has block parties. Why haven't you thrown one? I don't really live in a neighborhood where people walk around and kind of meet each other. Then why haven't you done it? Nobody said that you can't be the example to lead other people. Nobody ever said that. That's that's never come out of anybody's mouth. Go do it. You know, I've got a lot of friends that are in the music business that love to go around and and, and they they love to to play and perform in, in different places. And man, it's it's crazy how they can walk into any bar and get somebody to to let them play and bring in a, together a group of people, and it's awesome. D- do that more. How about do it in your neighborhood? Have an acoustic jam session on their front yard. Who who cares? Find a way. This, the The weather is turning. It is gorgeous right now in South Carolina. Get together with people that you don't know. Go, your, your neighbor that sits on the front porch all the time, walk down there. Ask them if they drink beer. If they do, go get a six-pack and sit there and just talk to them for a minute. Or just offer it to them. Say, hey, sometime when you get a chance, let's have a beer together. Love to get to know you a little bit better. Somebody's going. If, if somebody on your street goes on vacation and they don't ask you to keep an eye out of, on their house, you are not doing a good enough job. And if you can't do that to one of your neighbors, then you aren't doing a good enough job at reaching out on your end. Y'all, we can do this stuff. We can get back to what it used to be. And all it takes, I understand that we're more private people now. We say we're more private people. Man, we're private in our homes. But we get online and we'll throw everything out there. Come on. I'm going to tell you something else, too. Um, Watch that thoughts and prayers stuff. I understand you don't pray. I get it. And I understand the sentiment. I do get it because what you see, it looks vapid when all these people say my thoughts and prayers are with somebody. Um, 
and then that's all they do. Absolutely right. You're absolutely spot on on that point. But I want you to be careful because you're you're chastising a little bit too much with that. Be very. I've even got some friends. Wombat Junction, love them. They've been on the show. They're great. They have a, a, a they have a, a, a. Hang on for a second. I'm getting knocked on the door. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, daughter had uh, had to let me know something extremely important. <laughs> so important that I'm still here. Um, be careful with that thoughts and prayers thing, though, because I understand that you don't want it to be vapid and you realize that people just use that and push it off. And you're right. And that's not something that we should do. Um, people should be careful how they use that. But don't paint with such a broad brush. If I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. If it's not something that's big for you, then I get it. But understand that that's somebody's way of saying they care about you and they are spending time in their meditation, in their faith, praying to a God that they may believe in. You may not believe in, but they are praying for you and your family that it is a nice thing. Let me put it in a different way. So it's a buddy of mine and I were having a debate about this one time. You may be right. When we close our eyes for the last time, we may go into some dark void and there's nothing there. And me praying for you all this time may not have ever amounted to anything. Okay, that's fine. Let's let's say that karma or any of that doesn't even exist. It just, we go into the void and I was wrong. All right, so I was wrong. But I just want you to know I was caring about you. But that doesn't mean anything. We both closed our eyes and we go into the darkness, right? Okay. But if I'm right, if I'm right and what I've done is maybe done something, but not even that. You telling people to not do it, don't pray, let's not do that, because that's essentially what you're saying. Um, and you've kept people from reaching out to a higher power, whether it's Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's not really a good thing. So wouldn't you rather err on the side of caution? So again, I get you. When you're telling the people that make the laws to not just say that crap because it's vapid, absolutely. Be careful saying it to people in the community. You look like a jerk. Just just hear me out on that point, okay? All right. I know it's cool. I know it's kind of punk rock now, but let's also face it. Punk rock's kind of losing that whole vibe ever since Rage Against the Machine became, you know, you should listen to the machine. They've got, they've got a couple good ideas. I, I think we can we can just, we're, we're less divisive if we get to know each other a little bit better. And here's the thing, y'all. I'm not saying you've got to live the exact same life that somebody else does. That's the other thing. Out of me and my friends, we we disagree on a lot of stuff. We we have different points on a lot of things. Nobody's hating each other over it. We've come to this thing. We've come to this idea that depending on what party you vote for or how you feel on this one issue, that I have to hate you for it. First of all, I think we talk politics too much. Bill Maher was talking about this the other day. I think he's right on. I understand that that it's important to have discussions, and there are people that I do have discussions with, but I don't sit and talk politics with people all day long because, number one, you're probably not going to change somebody's mind if they're not open to it. And number two, when, our, when you are having those discussions, that's great. That's great to have them. See, if, I mean, I, I, I sit back sometimes. I've changed my opinion on a couple of things. That's not weakness. That's strength. I have no problem doing that. But we don't have to do it every dang day. And why is it? That, think about this. Our social media, our social media, the thing we call social media, 90% of it is politically driven nowadays. The social thing we do. Man, 
And what are we doing? We're debating stuff about people that make us promises that they never follow up on. If you just go back and listen to what I said about 15 minutes ago, it's a waste of time. Let's not get so riled up, but let's, let's, let's please watch that. It doesn't matter if you're not a part of a church. I, I say, go be a part of one. I think you probably find one that you might like if you're interested in it. If that's not your jam and not what you believe in and not what you want to do, I get that. It doesn't mean you can't go be a good person. It doesn't mean you can't go out and reach out. Because, you know, I know that's one of the things, maybe maybe you don't know this if you're agnostic and don't really go to church, but that's just one of the things that churches preach a lot. Part of it's for the evangelical side of what they do. I get that. I'm not real big on doing that. But, I, you know, what I, what I see is I need to go out there and I need to be a representative of the human race and I need to go out there and meet each other. So I'm going to dive into a segment here. I need to. I want to. I want to tell the the. I want to tell the white community something. And I'm I'm saying this because I grew up in South Carolina, and we are we are. I don't care what you people from other states think, but we are more diverse here than you think we are. And because of our numbers, we just are. Um. It was it was interesting the other day when this shooting happened. The first thing I saw pop up on everybody's social media was like, "Well, I can tell you one thing I already know about the shooter," insinuating that he was white. And as soon as his name came out, man, I saw people eating words real quick. I know that's a funny joke and everything like that, but here, here's the thing, white community. I understand that we have talked a lot about uh, our worries with uh, our families falling apart. Uh, there have been black leaders that have come forward, and I've, I heard one just the other day talking about, well, we need to have better father figures in the black community and all that. Don't think that that's not true for the white community too. That's, that's true for every community. I haven't looked into the little bit of the looking that I've done. I haven't looked into any of these mass shooting folks and seeing a strong father figure that was just stunned. I'm sure it's out there. Again, painting with a broad brush on that, and I need to be careful doing that. But just in the little bit of looking into it that I've done, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, we need to have, and it's not just strong father figures, it's mother figures too, okay? We, we need to make sure we're checking on our kids. I don't know why we as a white community think that's other communities. It's us as well. It's us as well. Speak to my my friends in the in the black community. I, I'll tell you this: uh, be careful of the people that you're listening to. Some of them are just trying to get you to be divisive because they want your votes or their money. I, y'all, I have been I have been seeing this for decades. Chris Johnson's one of my favorite people that I follow on uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, and I keep saying I'm going to have him on the show one day. Ed Lattimore, who's been on this show, these guys come from the black community. They do a great job of pointing that out. Be careful who you're listening to. Don't let everybody make you so divisive. Don't let them make you so divisive within your own groups. People, it is important that we look after our families and look after our communities, no matter if somebody looks like us, thinks like us, votes like us, prays like us. None of that crap matters. We need to watch after each other first. That comes first. The rest of this stuff is discussions we can have around the bar, the kitchen table, whatever it is that we need it to be. We have got to quit being so divisive. 
We have got to quit telling people that they have problems that it's just impossible for them to fix or even know. And because of that, you're always going to have problems. And then we wonder why our kids are so screwed up and they're so mixed up in the world. Telling people that they're full of hate, but they're never going to be able to see it. But I live in a world where I can see it and you cannot. So I'm going to point it out to you and then say that you are just going to have to live in pity the rest of your life. Oh, my God. Sound like the Catholic Church from the Middle Ages. Quit trying to control people and get them to do what you want to do. This is what fixes these problems. And let me tell you why it does. I live in a community that is uh, pretty diverse. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a, there's a lot down here in, in the Rosewood community. I like this community. <laughs> it makes me pull my hair out sometimes. But I, I like this community. I really do. It's a cool community. I got kids on my block that I worry about. My daughter's friends with uh, one guy that I'm really concerned about. What do I do? I let him in my house. Whenever I see him, I talk to him. Sometimes he kind of is just weird and walking around. I think he might be casing the joint. I think he might want to. I don't know what the hell's going on with this kid sometimes. But I talk to him like he's a normal kid. And I try to have a conversation. And sometimes he talks and sometimes he doesn't. Why? Because I want him to know, hey, there's somewhere you can turn. There's a kid that walks down my street a lot. Yeah, I see him and I know he's gone through a lot. I know his story kind of. Um, and whenever I'm outside doing anything in the yard, I make it a point to sit and talk to him. Hey man, what's up? How's school going? Hey, I like that. I like that. I like that skateboard you got, man. That's pretty cool. And we talk just for a couple minutes because I want to let him know that he's a normal kid. And maybe, maybe just maybe if he ever wants to take a wrong turn and I'm not saying it's so extreme as going and shooting up a school, but just a wrong turn in his life that maybe, maybe if he wanted to ask somebody, he, he feels comfortable doing that. You know what? It's not just kids. You got adult, you got adults in your neighborhood that need some of that too. Man, during COVID, I was telling you people <laughs> to get out there and check on your neighbors. And suddenly we see an influx and all this weird, wild stuff going on. And people are talking about their their mental health and how they just can't control it. And people's mouths are running off at the top speed that it can. And we're 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 confused as to why. We sit around in this world and we we talk about how it's okay to punch other people or that it's all right to to behead a president if we if we disagree with him. And then we wonder why our kids see this. And I'm going to say something, man. I'm going to say something that I cannot believe that I am saying. I cannot believe I am saying this. As a guy that is a pro video game dude, as a guy that enjoys his video games, Watch the games your kids are playing. They're playing first-person shooters. You might want to have a talk with them about it. If you've got a kid under the age of 18 playing Grand Theft Auto V, man, get him off. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're a parent, do this. Do this right now. I I will pause the show and wait. If your kid plays Grand Theft Auto V, that game's been out for seven years. I want you to get your kid to turn on Grand Theft Auto V and take you into the strip club. Go ahead, do it. Go ahead and do it. Some of you who are listening to this right now have no idea what I'm talking about. You can probably look it up online. Go into the strip club. Go into the strip club and see what your 11-year-old is playing. That alone, other than the violence. Yeah, tell, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's taking you to the front. Tell him to take you to the back room back there. You, you walk through that curtain. Go ahead and tell him to walk you through. I'll wait. Y'all... There, there's stuff that we're putting in front of our kids. There's endless, there's endless media in front of them that we are not watching as a parent. 
we got to do a better job. We have to look at that stuff a little bit harder. Get involved. I play games with my kids. Why? Because I've seen that. (laughs) Because I've been shocked as an adult playing these games. Y'all, we have to look at the message we're giving these kids. We have to look at the message we're giving each other. We're okay with this talk. We're okay with coming at each other like that. We're okay walking. We think that all this is going to come to some some great grand gesture where we all, this is what brings us together? No. Martin Luther King Jr. was not wrong. Jesus was not wrong. Gandhi was not wrong. You know, these people were not <laughs> wrong in what they were saying. And don't turn around and think that your violence is justified when they kept saying all of it is not. Everything you say or do, your kids see. They see you talking big and tough. They see you talking nasty about how you, you'd you be okay doing this to this side because they vote this way. You'd be okay doing this to these people because they look like this. You'd be okay to punching out or murdering these kind of folks, and then you wonder where your kids get it from. And when I say your kids, I'm talking to you. Yeah, even you without kids because those kids are reading your social media. I'm not one for censorship, but I'm one for common sense, and I'm also one for accountability. Watch your dang mouth. Watch it. Watch it for two reasons. Number one, most important, what other people see, whether they're kids or adults, you could be feeding into evil, so stop it. Number two, be careful. Be careful. You get punched out for running your mouth, Saying you would punch somebody else out. Man, that not only that doesn't just hurt on one level, it hurts on multiple levels. Your face may get bruised, but your ego will be bruised for the rest of your life. Be careful with that. We can't sit around and wait for people to do our job for us. Christians, I appreciate you praying, but just praying isn't going to bring our neighbors together. You got to get out there and do it. Folks that really are are wanting legislation changed, just like all this other legislation you've been waiting for years. Magic words on a on a white piece of paper aren't going to make evil go away. Get out there and meet your neighbors. Get out there and, and and be a part of your community. You can make the time. It should be one of the most important things you do, y'all. I live in a house with three amazing women, my wife and my two daughters that are 11 and 9. My wife has done wonderful things for the community. She has, she has tried her best to start a neighborhood watch. I get the feeling she'll probably start it again sometime soon, maybe. I don't know. She works with the foster care system because she understands uh, that there's a need for that. Our girls have shared beds with more foster kids or just kids in the neighborhood that are in a bad situation at least 10 times over the past couple of years. Well, Chad, that 
they may be too young to learn that, learn that, learn those lessons. That might be putting them in a weird situation. You know what? It, it did. It did. It, it did put them in a weird situation. It did put them in an uncomfortable situation. You know what happened to them? They learned that life is different, that not everybody has what they have, but they also learned that that doesn't mean that they're just privileged and should feel guilty for it. It means that you should do something about it. You know what they've done over this past few years? They've raised over a thousand pounds of food for different shelters. They've raised over tons of clothing, just all, tons and tons of clothing for women's shelters and homeless shelters. They've even raised 500 pounds of food, I think, for a dog shelter. Not only that, they've raised over $2,000 with lemonade stands alone. Yeah, it taught them something. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, preacher a church asked for people to talk about where they're having problems in their life, where they're repenting, where they're working on stuff. It was a way for them to say, I'm not a perfect Christian. Here's what I'm working on. My daughter looked at me, my 11-year-old daughter, looked at me and said, Dad, can I go up there? And I was like, sure. And then I sat there and thought, I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell are you going to say? But I didn't want to get in her way of, of of whatever it is she felt like she had to get out. She stood up in front of that church, in front of people that she didn't know, and told that church that she struggles. Because her mom and dad and stepmom teach her all the time that God is out there and God's got a plan. And, and she hears it from churches, yet she still... She's, she sees things horrible happen to kids at school and, and not just stuff like the shootings, just horrible things that she knows that are going on with kids at her school. And she can't figure out, she can't figure out if God's got a way of, of, of fixing this stuff, why he even lets it happen. It's a question that a lot of us as adults even make. But what she found, what she found in all this is that maybe she's the way God does it. And it makes her feel a little bit better because she can go out there and do something. She can put an arm around somebody. She can sit there and make sure that they've got food at least for a night. And then she can try to get people to do um, to do things for other people. This is the daughter who at 11 years old decided she wanted to start 10 years old, excuse me, at 10 years old decided that she wanted to start delivering meals on wheels with her grandfather. She went to her grandfather with that idea. She still does it today. My kids are 9 and 11. They do this. Their mom is her early 40s. I don't want to. <laughs> she, wants to tell. she teaches this. You can do this. We have to do this. We have to find a way to get back in each other's lives, whether it's through our church, whether it's through our community centers, whether it's through events in our neighborhood, whether it's just finding the four houses around yours and getting to know people, check on them, make sure they're okay. If you don't like them, I'm not telling you, you got to spend every night with them, but you need to know them. We have got to start turning off the crap that the world feeds us, whether it's our government, whether it's the companies that want us to buy their crap, all that stuff. 
whether it's those social movements that are here until the election comes and then they disappear. I guess I guess everything was solved. We have got to stop doing that and we've got to start getting together. So if you'll excuse me, I'm going to take off. I'm grabbing my camper and I'm grabbing my dog and we're going down to a campground tonight. Beautiful old Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Redneck Riviera, one of my favorite places to go. And we're going to sit down and we're going to be around hundreds of people that I don't know. Let me tell you what I'm going to do over the next couple of days. I'm going to spend time with friends. I'm excited about that. I'm going to spend time with family. It's what I love the most. But the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to meet some people that I don't know. I'm going to make sure they're okay. I'm going to let them know that it's all right to walk up to a stranger and say hello. I'm going to find a way to reach out every day, every day. Can't you do it once a week? Can't you find a way to open your heart up to go meet somebody else? Can't you find a way to check on that kid, that neighbor, just to let them know that you're there? Man, if only a tenth of us do it, it makes a difference. You want to change the world? Look at everything that's within your reach and go change it. You want to get on Facebook and say, go do something? Read it yourself. Read that line you just wrote and then read it again. I said what I said. I meant every word that I put into this podcast and that one from four years ago. It is up to us. We have to do it. I truly believe we can. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.